Steve, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Cheers, Tom. Nice to meet you, mate. And you, and you. I've heard a lot about you through the oh, yeah. uh, through the grappling physio. He was yeah, the one yeah. that he literally uh, reached out to me and went, "You need to get Steve on the uh, podcast." I was like, "Do I? What is that then?" <laughs> yeah, Paul Grenell. Yeah, it's a good bloke, mate. Yeah, he said. Um, he said ping out a DM and see if you can get him on. He went, I was like, right, what is that? And he went, well, you know, powers have got all the stories. So I was like, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks very much for giving me your time. You reference yourself? I was, for my sins. There we go. What's up? When did you get out? I got out 2013. So a while ago now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it... It was a while ago, but it feels like I was I was still in yesterday. That's how it feels. Yeah. Well, no doubt we know some of the same people. Oh, no quite, doubt. Quite possibly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but awesome, awesome. So first things up, first things first, should I say? What made you join the army? Made you join the army? Yeah. That's something I just wanted to do for a long time, mate. You know, I watched. A... First of all, I watched uh, the Paris 480 platoon yeah. on, the t- on the telly, 1983. I think that aired in 1983. It was filmed in 1982. I watched that, loved it. So I, would have been, uh, I was about eight years old then. And um, yeah, basically about that, that saw me, uh, that, that, that's what set me off. I was just yeah. a young lad and I thought, I want to do that. Just watching the blokes go through depot. I don't know, have you seen that? Are you familiar with that one, mate? I, I've seen clips of it. I've never yeah. like watched it all the way through, no. But yeah, I've definitely seen clips of it because it's one of the oh, the better sort of documentaries made even back then. I think just oh, from seeing mate, just yeah. from seeing the clips. Yeah, I loved it. And so my mum used to let us. I don't know what time it was on, but my mum, you know, he let us watch it. I think it was pretty sure it was on in the evening. Me and my brother and my mum we used to watch it. <clears throat> I look forward to that. I loved it. We just followed a bunch of recruits all the way through day from day one all the way through passing out of depot, and then it went on to them a little bit of time in battalion as well. All right, that's it. Yeah, it really got me. You really put me in that one, did. I think and, uh, yeah. the only thing like equivalent to that at the minute is the um. Well, I think they probably stopped it. Is that the Navy did a version, didn't they? I remember what I watched a few bit episodes of that, and I was like, oh, <laughs> bless you. <laughs> I didn't watch that one. I think I'm pretty sure I know the one you mean. Yeah, but they they've done one more recently. A Power Edge have done another one. That was really good. Oh, yeah, oh, what's it called now? It's on YouTube and that. I think it was called Men. Of, I think it was called Men of War, like Parachute Regiment Men of War or something. I like think that. I've seen a clip of that as well. It's good, yeah, because yeah. I was kind of, you know, I remember that. I remember that old one, and I was thinking, oh, I hope this is good. I hope this is good. And I was thinking, yeah, please do it justice, because the old one was so uh, such a success. I thought, and uh, yeah, it was really good. I thought, yeah, my, I my, lot, my lot attempted um, like a like a YouTube series. I think it was. Uh, the course before mine, it was like the diary of a gunner or something like that. It was called, and it was them going through basics. That, that wasn't too bad no. to watch. And then they uh, they brought out the it was a documentary or something about Kandahar. And yeah, we, it was one of those where we we got as always a lot of shit from it. <laughs> there was there was some quote, there was some quotes like they they would. They were setting up their kit, and he would like get his bayonet, and he go, "If you've got to use this, you know you're in the shit." It's like, why are you saying shit like that? You're not helping us. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't help. That doesn't help. No. Nah. Nah, that's it. Yeah. In a nutshell, mate. That's gonna. That's what maybe 
first of all, I think I want to join the army. Then I think before that, before that, my mum had my mum had a boyfriend who was in the army, army air corps. He was. And I think I um, I think I quite uh, like listening to his little stories, and that. I don't really yeah. remember much about him, but yeah, he, um, he might have sort of planted the initial seeds. I don't know. That's de- that's definitely a big thing, I think, because that was one of the reasons why I wanted to join the air force was my old man's stories. Like uh, he was a PJI for twenty two years. Um, oh, yeah. It was attached to uh, Hereford for a bit. And it was just the stories of him, like, just basically, he didn't really soldier. Let me get, let me get that straight. He fucking went off on a jolly parachuting all the time. So he was living the dream. But he was just coming back with these stories. And I was just like, I want I want to be able to sit at the bar and be able to tell someone some stories. And then, mm. you know, maybe pass that on to my kids. But I tell my kids and I'm like, shut up, dad. <laughs> i got two daughters, yeah, yeah. so they're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. You're not going to impress your own kids. No chance. No chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's good to have a few. You know, you, you surprise yourself of how many stories you've got, really, when you start, well, especially if you write them down. You know, yeah. I've got, I didn't used to think I had any stories. You know, I used to like listening to the other boats. You know, I've got a few mates who are always telling stories. I was just like sitting around saying to everyone else, oh, what's he going to say now? You know, I love all that. But um, yeah, you, you don't realize how many stories you've got of your own, too, write them down, really. Yeah, is that what is that what you did with the with the books? Are they, are they uh, like biography types? Are they or are they just? Yeah, yeah, some are, mate. I've written well. I've written four. One of them's a fiction, fictional novel. That's that's based on a lot of wrecker unit out in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. the next Jack Carr will call you, mate. Well, never know. Never know. Stranger yeah. things happened. Yeah, yeah. I've written two two books which are basically like little stories that let you tell tell your mates on the piss. They're more like that sort of story. One yeah. of them covered. Um, uh, psychology, psychology, quite a lot, and mental health, um, and one's more about my mate's story. You know, think crazy things my mates have done, and then um, yeah, the last one is just a, it's just all about me. And the last one is um, is more autobiographical, autobiographical, and um, chronicle as, as you'd expect it. So yeah, oh, so, yeah, yeah. So it's always um, it's it's good to write about what you know. So obviously, if you're writing a fictional book, so then draw from the experience that you you've obviously gained through your time yeah. in the military would would definitely yeah, would definitely put it in more of a like chronological order how things would happen and and things like that because there's the amount of books that you well i say the amount of books i read i don't read that much but the amount of times or even down to um tv series and and you're watching it and you're like who the fuck was the uh choreographer for this or the yeah the advisor yeah or the advisor yeah it's like yeah. who was that the the biggest one i draw um examples from is um our girl from bbc i don't know if you ever watched that if you have if you haven't don't bother you'll just get angry at it <laughs> oh, <laughs> my missus loved it and i was watching it, i was like i've got i've got to leave the room i can't watch this <laughs> i went i don't know who their advisors are but this is not what afghanistan was like put it that way well, I, remember, I think I remember, I've never seen it, but I remember some adverts for it. It's like a good looking girl with dark hair yeah. in the main character. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't seen it, mate. But um, yeah, I'm the same. I, I quite, yeah, I, I, t- I tend to not read a lot of that stuff, sort of stuff or watch it because, like you say, just you just end up picking picking away at it. It's hard to take yourself away. I used to um, I used to get wound up watching a lot of um, survival programs. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
was just like, that's just total nonsense. That's dangerous. And I was, one of my mates said to me, just look at it as entertainment. Don't don't critique it. Just watch it as if you're watching it as for entertainment. And I, I watched this um, survival, so-called survival expert. And I thought, actually, as entertainment, this is actually pretty good. Fair enough. Because you, you were... Gardens, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you were part of CS school, weren't you? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I was here, I was here for quite a while, yeah. And so, well, that, well, my last job was as, as, at the CS school as a training sergeant major. Oh. I did that before the FTRS, FTRS full-time reserve service. I did that for a, uh, five years. It was my last job. But yeah, I spent quite That's a lot of time good. at the CS school. That's got to yeah, be good. Yeah, because the like for those that are listening that w- want to sort of <laughs> draw from something, SAS who does wins does a little bit of seer, doesn't it, at the end of their course? So, yeah. uh, how That's how do you, do you, do you watch really, that? Really <laughs> right now, nah, I've seen a few bits. I've seen a few bits of the last one. Yeah, but um, I've, I've seen some of it. Not not masses of it. Yeah, I've seen some of the, there's one running now in there, and I've seen a, I've yeah, seen yeah. a few. Yeah, yeah, in the jungle, I think yeah. they are at the minute. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a few of them, mate. Yeah, I think they're doing a fair. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they do see it. As far as I know, I, don't yeah, know, I, know it, I think it's the end. Yeah, part of the end phase that they they do. They put they obviously they set them a task. They go out, get captured eventually. Yeah, and then put through the put through the ringer. Mm-hmm. Remember seeing one with um. It was the celebrity one, and it had Joey Essex on there, and he really dug his feet in, and he was causing more of an issue to everybody else because he was like sticking to the story instead of giving them little bits. Right. My miss, I remember my missus going, "Is that a bad thing?" I went, "Yeah, you want to if if they've got to that point, you've got to start giving them some information, otherwise they're going to fucking if not kill you, they will kill your mates in front of you." She was like, really? I went, I oh, know. Yeah, that is true. That is the nature of it. But obviously, this is on telly. I mean, he's probably still thinking it's a game. But <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know they're briefed, but um, I thought, yeah, he's, as far as I know, he's not the sharpest toy in the box anyway. He's, nah. Um, nah. Seems like a nice, nice enough bloke, but... <laughs> no. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, so d- were you just coming to the end of the your your service that you just, you just quit? Because I... Or is it uh, anything else? Why, why, why I left the military? Yeah, why you left? Was yeah, it just, just, the, was it up, just at the end of the time up? Yeah, I did many. I, I signed up for twenty two and did my twenty two, and then I did um, then basically a job came up back at the SEER school because I'd been there as a as an instructor, and then a job came up in the full time reserve service. So um, yeah, I just transitioned straight across and did that for an, and stayed on for another five years. Oh, fair, fair yeah. play, fair play. I know. Um, I know how hard it is for what I call the lifers that get to the 22 year point and or or more in some cases, especially mm. with the uh, Air Force Regiment where they fucking managed to sign on for 36, yeah. etc. Um, like I found it difficult myself after just doing five and a half. Mm. It's like when you get to that point of 22, it's like you don't really know anything else. So you were quite yeah. lucky into transitioning back into, well, basically the military with the uh, full-time reservist, which is obviously mm. golden for you. Yeah, it was great, mate. It's you know, perfect timing. That worked really, really well. You know, I wasn't really set up, ready to, to leave, to be fair. I, I did resettlement and all that, and I did uh, I did health and safety. 
which I found surprising to me. I found it actually found that quite interesting. Did that? I did a health and safety course, a few courses. Yeah, yeah. I was looking to go into that. I didn't really know what I was going to do. But um, yeah, I didn't have to in the end. This job came up, so I took it. Oh, that's that's fair down. enough. That is, you know, yeah. sometimes the uh, the cards fall where they're supposed to, and you get a bit of luck with with the with the job like that. I found my resettlement was a bit pony, really. When I when I first went into the settlement office, and I was like, they were like, "What do you want to do?" And I was like, "Well, I don't really know." Yeah, <laughs> what? Well, and they were like, "So," and then they look at your file. So you're you're a gunner. Have you got any transferable skills? I was like, well, not really. I was technically infantry, so no. <laughs> and then it was, oh, have you seen these security courses? It was like, oh, right, yeah, that'll do. And it's like the amount of times that since I was like, why didn't I go and do a fucking plumber's course or a fucking a lecky course or Sparky's or even a chippy or something like that? Something with a bit of a trade behind it because... yeah. I've been quite lucky that I've managed to fall into different uh, security roles, which was quite handy. But you know, what job? What course did you do then? I CP went. Course, yeah? yeah, I did CP. Um, have I used my CP license? No, <laughs> but it looks very, very good on your CV. Um, basically, because the reason why I left was I wanted to spend more time with the wife and miss uh, and the, and the kids. So doing CP. You really said the wife and the missus. Yeah, I did. Wife and the missus. She's going to come on the fuck. She's going to listen to this now and go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, it was, I wanted to spend more time with the family and doing CP, I would have been away two, three weeks of the month at a time and, and things like that. It just wasn't. I've had, I've had offers since from my old man. Um, but nothing really there's tickled me nutsack, but I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. But there's a lot yeah. of blokes got out to, you know, they left the military, got out to do security or CP. And, you know, the, the reason they left the military was to spend more time yeah, you know, with the family. And then they've joined, gone, gone on the circuit and they spend more time away. Then, yeah. Generally, it's two, two weeks on or a month on, month off. It's basically it works out six months a year away. Yeah, so, I know a few it's, it's basically out. going back on a tour rotation, isn't it? Just with yeah. with your R and R bits in 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 between. It's, yeah, but it's even yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, even more. So but yeah, I mean, obviously, I looked I looked into that, and I, you know, I had a few um, a few people sort of recommended me to do yeah. that to join, go go on the circuit, but it's just never floated my boat, mate. To be honest, I don't like being half in or half out. It's like I don't like. Uh, at least in the military, you know what support you've got and all that, and, and yeah, you know yeah. you're working with a, a large degree. And I think on the circuit, I'm talking to a lot of my mates, just, you know, there's still there's still a good number of cowboys out there. You don't know who you're going to get stuck with. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Don't know who you've got in support, so it's, it's a lot of um, a lot of unknowns. I just I don't really like that too much. All that too yeah, much. definitely. Yeah, I find that even at, at my um at my job now so i'm a um I'm a state security manager now so i handle the minions you could say and i've had a few um i've had a few cvs come through um one of the first things you look at is if, have they got any military experience because they're easier to coach into that sort of role because they're used to fucking getting on and doing the job mm. same with the same with the police to some extent i had one that come the other day and i'm actually quite gutted that this guy didn't turn up to his um interview because he was 100% a Walter Mitty. The way that he um, worded 
being in the uh, in the army and at the same time being a para like from my experience knowing a, a fair few uh, paratroopers that's one of the main headlines that you would put on your fucking cv and this was like right down at the bottom and i was mm-hmm. like and i was like really that, that's that sort of goes against quite a lot of the uh, paras that i know that's one of the main things that they're so proud about is being a fucking power mm-hmm. so, and so you should be it's fucking hard work but yeah, I was like, I was itching. I was like, ah, come on, give me a walt. No, he didn't yeah. bother turning up. So, oh well, gutted, gutted. Yeah. So you got a big team of you? No, I've got a small little team, which is ridiculous for the size of the estate that we look after. It's it's too small. But the client, what's the client wants, what the client gets, or well, the client gets what the client wants, or whatever the fucking saying is. It's <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of times that me and my one-up has um, has gone in there and said, "Look, the team's too small. Either that, or you need to get a lot more CCTV around the site because yeah. we cannot cover all these areas. It's like 280 acres we've got to look after. There's there's like three of us. It's ridiculous, but it is what it is. We deal yeah. with it. It's, it's not like we're in fucking middle of London or North London or anywhere like that where there's stabbings going on." We get a few yeah, eggs thrown at us, and that's about it. But you would <laughs> think they're in the, You would think with the with some of the cowboys that I've got working with me, um, you would think that they were in the middle of Baghdad or something. It's like I'll get my work phone will go off constantly. We got kids in the area. It's like, well, fucking deal with it then, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But, yeah. Put your balaclavas on, egg them back or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. you do what does you do then? Mate? You got out in 2013, so I take it you did um, you did Hurricane. Yeah, I did. Um, I was quite lucky to be on the last tour of Telic, Telic 13. Oh, so, yeah, me and quite a few of my close buddies managed to get that gong, which was nice because it was we basically didn't do fuck all really, apart from start handing stuff over to the Americans. Um, got our first rocket attacks, which was nice. Um. Shit my pants on the first one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Wasn't expecting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh I think it was it was definitely there was definitely a Herrick 13, and I wanna say Herrick 15. Could be wrong. Um, but yeah, my, my second tour was uh Kandahar, which was nice. Um again, it was it wasn't a very kinetic tour. Um, yep. at all really we had a, again a few rocket attacks a few um, potential IEDs etc you know the normal stuff um, and then Bastion I was I was firm in the command centre <laughs> safe <Yeah. laughs> I was um, yeah it was I got moved to HQ flight so I, I was one of the lead signalers on the squadron so they wanted to put me in what I would call the hot seat which is also where I got the name for the podcast from. That was our call sign. We were, we were Granite Zero. Ah, so. uh, right. I want to watch. Yeah. Was that two, were you two um, squadron or? I was, squadron? I was on 15 squadron. I wasn't on two squadron. Now, um, I did want to go. Um, but we were at that time, due to the rotation that we had going out on tour um, from uh, Telic to 
to Herrick, it was very fast turnaround. So they weren't getting rid of any of the lads from the squadrons. And then by the time I um, did all my Bowman course and got fucking stitched up with carrying radios, I was an important member of the team. So they fucking wouldn't let me move. Genuinely, I, I put in papers to go to um, 16 Air Assault to potentially join TACP. That got shut oh. down. Um, at one point, I got really frustrated and I was like, well, I'll volunteer for SFSG. They were like, nah, you don't want to do that. I was like, well, maybe I do. <laughs> but yeah, it was... It, it. You tend to find if you had a a talent for something, whether it was comms or the snipers or the machine gunners, anyone who was badged at anything, they tend to got stuck, basically, right. which which was annoying. But it is what it is. What made you get out, mate? Why did you leave in 2013? Um, yeah, family reasons. So my wife um, at the time was, it was well, we, we had our, we had our eldest and she started getting quite depressed living away from her mum and dad and her home and, and things like that and I noticed it and I noticed the change and it was basically a Air Force or her basically. She she never gave me that ultimatum but I could see that happening if I'd stayed in for any longer I would be, well, a single parent now. So yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. Like, I was I was always going to be a lifer. That was my that was my goal. I was going to do the twenty two plus. That was what I wanted to do. I always wanted to do that. A bit like my old man. I even talked lads out of um, PVR in because I was like, look, yeah. you're not going to get a better job than this at the minute. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, funny funny story. One of my close buddies, um, now Sergeant Burrows, I actually talked out of PVR in in Kandahar because he wanted to. He, he said I might as well just go stack shelves at. Safeway or whatever it was, Tesco. And I was like, no, you fucking don't want to do that. Stay in. And then yeah. fucking 12 months later, I've done the seven clicks. Yeah, well, I used to try and talk blokes out of signing off a long time ago, but then the, uh, I think the military started taking a lot of stuff away. Yeah. Like, um, little things like, you know, uh, travel allowances and they were talking about taking away married quarters and then, you know, they start bought in pay as you die and there was a lot and the pension that changed. And I thought, you know, it's like, well, I don't think it's just, uh, it's, it's the, your, your old arguments that convincing people to stay yeah. kind of started fading away. And so if a bloke said to me, I want to get out and I thought about this, that and the other, and then, you know, as soon as he's fought it through, I'd just be like, fair enough, mate. You know, yeah, yeah. Working with sensible blokes and I was just like, yeah, fair enough, mate. And I just try and, try and get them out as smoothly as possible. But yeah, I used to bang on, bang the drum a lot about staying in, staying, staying, staying. But yeah, over time, I thought, you know what? It's not, you yeah. know, some of these blokes can, uh, you know, can I do definitely think with, with a lot of these changes, like you mentioned, the pension is obviously the big one. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't, it makes, makes the uh, military lose a lot of the fucking top lads that should still mm -hmm. be in because they're like, there's, there's, and I found, Especially with um, speaking from from the Air Force Regiment, there was a lot of dead man shoes. Like we'd have to wait yeah. for the, the the fucking flight sergeant and warrant officers to retire, basically. Yeah. And a lot of them would stay on and on and on until, like I said, thirty six years plus. It's like, well, you're holding up everybody else's progression. You had like SACs yeah. and 
or senior aircraftsmen and that luckily we brought in the Lance Corporal rank, but yeah. still there were still lads that had been serving 12, 13 years plus that were like at the lowest ranks. It's like these guys should be corporals and above. Yeah, and of course you had one less um one less warrant officer. Um, yes. rank as well so you yeah you had less ranks long and a longer career but a base because i think the basic for the soldiers now and in the army when they join up is uh 24 years uh, you know a full career now is 24 years instead of 22 when i joined up so and probably when you joined up i guess yeah, it was yeah 22, it was 22 when i when i joined yeah, yeah now it's 24 so that's again that starts creating a bit of dead man's shoes um but yeah you get to a point where you just need to get get that get out of the way and let the other people start going through the ranks you know, yeah, I was a, I was a warrant. I was a WO2, was a sergeant major for a long time, but five years of that was FTRS. You know, I was supposed to only be a two-year job, actually, that uh, FTRS job. But um, and it was a, a, it was a regular job. I, they, the regular the, uh, army couldn't fill it for whatever reason. So they were like, I opened up, I got an FTRS, and I just managed to extend a couple of times until the army were like, we want that, we want that pit back. We want to yeah, fill yeah. that. And that's like, well, I saw that coming, you know. I was lucky I pushed five years out of that. Yeah, Dead Man's Shoes is a night much worse than the RAF. You've got blokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really good blokes as well. Some of them, you know, they've been in for a long, long time. And, and that's sort of almost sealing that sergeant. Bloody hell, poor bloke. You know, it's... Um, yeah, definitely. It's just kind of stuck. I've got a lot of mates who are PGI, PGIs, you know, and a lot of them are just sergeants for years and years and years. Not that they've done yeah, anything my, wrong. My old man, yeah. he, he flew through it. Uh, that's quite... Uh, quite a good no look. pun intended. No, but that's what I was going at, getting at. Fucking mouth isn't working today. Um, <laughs> so he, because obviously they go straight in as uh, corporal, um, yeah. the, as a PTI, and then they specialise. They can go off to uh, rock climb or parachute or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, the old man took uh, PJI, and then he was a sergeant, and then a flight sergeant. So he's a sergeant at twenty four, and then he was a flight sergeant pretty quick after. I don't know the age gap, and then he basically just got stuck then at flight sergeant. Um, basically because he was a gobshite um, mm. and would tell fucking people of higher ranks where to go and fucking stuff like that so that it held, held back his uh, his promotion and then when he was getting ready to leave the Air Force after 22 years they offered him um, commission and, and things like that and he was like nah I can't be bothered yeah. and then left <laughs> fair enough and then yeah basically went straight into the prison service bless him and then did fucking 20 odd years in the prison service crazy bastard yeah after yeah <laughs> there's me i literally did about five different jobs in about five years when i left i couldn't settle <laughs> fair play that's a lot of, that's a lot of graft yeah but, um, yeah i did all up i did uh, yeah so i did 20 27 just shy of 27 fucking so. long time when you think about it it was enough. It was enough, you know. Well, to be fair, my, by the time I'd done my 22, I was ready to go. Yeah. And, and I, I weren't going to hang around for any other jobs. You know, I got offered a few jobs around the, around the bazaars, all over the place, random jobs. Um, I could have stayed on an extra couple of years. But um, I was like, nah, I'm done. And, and then, uh, yeah, then that job came up at the survival school, which was perfect. So I stayed power. I, I kept my cap badge. I'm a rank. Just transitioned straight across really easy. No, no nothing changed. Just different place to work, and that worked out. That worked out really well for a few, for a few extra years. And now I'm just a full-on civic, full-on civ pop, civ pop, living the dream as a civvy. 
So obviously you spent your your time in the desert. What was your favorite favorite part that you got got to go and visit in the sand? If there is such a place. Well, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> there's not really. <laughs> it might be somewhere on the beach would be my favourite place. In the sand. <laughs> yeah. uh, probably somewhere like uh, Botswana, mate. As yep. far as arid environments go, yeah. I'd say that was pretty good. Kenya, no, not Kenya. Botswana was pretty. I've been there a couple of times. With, with I went there with Free Power and I went there with PF. Yeah. You know, that's some good. A couple of good trips there, and a couple of good trips to South Africa as well. Actually, just doing free fall training. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was all right. Well, I got jumped there actually. <laughs> we went and a couple. We had a couple of days off, and we went to um, Durban. Yeah. yeah. And I got jumped by a gang of um, gang of blokes. While I was hanging out of a phone box, <laughs> smashed. You know, really steaming. I was talking to my uh, well at the time my girlfriend. I don't know what I thought I was doing. It's quite a dodgy place, you know. Next thing I know, yeah. someone's hanging off my neck. I'm literally hanging off my neck. And, uh, Jesus Christ. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely nowhere in the Middle East. Uh, I don't miss them sort of places at all. It's a, it's a, it was a strange fucking place. I, it's just the weird sort of heat, like the little wind where mm. where we were at times. It was just fucking just even even in fucking December when we were out there, fucking hot. Why? Why I hate I hate the heat. <laughs> yeah. just, stick me in the cold. I'll be all right. We went to Kabul in two thousand and two. Absolutely sweat. I think we were there on New Year's Day. It was the day we got there. We left on New Year's Eve. Got there New Year's Day. That was freezing, really cold. There's a lot of snow up on the high on the, on the high yeah, ground. Yeah. It was down to minus twenty seven when we were there. That was really cold, and then luckily we had the size up on the on the wrap on the wagons. We just had the roof, uh, the canopy roll forward, so we could have a gun on top. But we had no front-mounted machine guns. Had the windscreen on, side covers up. Um, yeah, that was freezing. And then as soon as you got any speed up, if you got on a decent road, you know, to get the top cover, generally you get them down because it just, it was just freezing. yeah, yeah. And you know, wind chill would be minus something stupid, minus sixty or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, that was a that was a cold one. Especially at night, fucking freezing. Mm. Yeah, man. Freezing. I was. I remember telling me, Mrs. I was like, she was like, but you're in the desert. How are you ever cold? I'm like, well, it gets cold in the desert. She was like, does it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, I remember clocking it about minus ten, so not quite minus twenty odd. But oh yeah, fucking freezing. And, it, it, and then it rains. It's yeah, and that's it, it mate. It's, it's just quite. Um, Extreme either way. Yeah. Everyone's got extreme heat during the day. It doesn't have to get that much much colder in the evening. It's a differential, yeah. isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's been really hot, and now it's not really cold, but it's a lot colder. So, you, you know, you're cold at night. Um, I've seen people yeah, when yeah. I was in PF, yeah, most of our Definitely. work was done at, at night. Most of our sort of moving around is done at night. So, um, yeah, it used to get really, really cold. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a hot places, mate. Yeah, I'll take Botswana. A good trip to Jordan. That was a good crack. I think. Well, yeah, that was a good good laugh. Jordanian yeah, day. And we went to got to see the Petra. She's one of the ancient wonders of the world. Was it the modern wonders? I forget now. It's one of the wonders <laughs> of the world. Anyway. It's a it's wonder. A, it's a yeah. There's a town or a city built into the rock. I don't. Think oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, he's an Indiana Jones film. But that's quite interesting, you know, you get to see on your downtime, see a bit of that. And um, some of the blokes went down to the Dead Sea. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not much a fan of deserts. Nah, no, nah, I remember going out on patrol in um, in CAF after it, it fucking it just com- must have pissed it down constantly for about a week and a half or so. Like some of the ISOs are all flooded away and fucking all sorts. Literally, they couldn't get into some of the ISOs, so we had to have fish fingers for breakfast and stuff like that. And it was like, this is ridiculous. Yummy. Yummy. Um, but we got sent out on a footsie because it would have been too wet for the fucking wagons to get out there. It, they would have just fucking sank. It was basically like a Benny Hill sketch, mate. Every time we were fucking walking, someone would fall over, just constantly <laughs> slipping over in this fucking mud. Because obviously I ain't got fucking proper roads in the in the uh, in the villages and that, so we're just fucking. And when you're carrying the weight that we would carry, trying to get back up after you've just stacked it is fucking a nightmare. Fucking legs, fucking killing me. Oh, it's awful. I just, it was funny though, getting back and looking back on it now. I was licked out when I was fucking doing it, but watching it now or looking back now. Funny as fuck watching watching yeah. your oppo just well, stack it. You've been to um, you've been to the Arctic, have you? No, no. Unfortunately, I would love to have done so- stuff like that. I was watching something on um, like Forces TV or something. It was a clip that came up on on TikTok of the uh, Marines doing their fucking water fucking shit, ice water dancing or whatever they want to oh, call ice it. Ice breaking, real. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, I'd love to try that. As mad as it yeah. sounds, yeah, I've done it a few times, mate. It's not, it's not, not it's nice. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> we were, the second time I did it, we had it, we had a video. I was on a course in Sweden, and um, they were playing it back at the end of the course. And I remember listening to it just on a video in the background. And I saw some of the other lads go in, and they was like, oh, "Tell us your number, you know, army number." And folks are shouting out their numbers, but they're just like, "Blur, blur, blur." I'm glad I wasn't like that when I went in. You know, I was, I was thinking I was crisp and clear. And then, just by chance, I saw myself going on the video as well. And I was thinking, here we go. Well, this is how the pros do it. And uh, I was just the same. You know, I, in my mind, I remembered I, I said it really clearly. Yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I, I was in, in as much rag as everybody else. I was like, blah, 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 blah. what? <laughs> I remember thinking that, that was pretty clear when I said it. I was thinking, that's pretty clear, mate. You know, got out like that. Fucking Billy Big Bollocks. Fucking didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was in as much rag as everyone else, and I dropped my ski poles as well, which is um, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to use them to, yeah, like, to get back out, yeah. Yeah, but I just hit the water and went, oh, that and just dropped them. <laughs> like, I had to dive down and go back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, um, no, I wasn't. Like, some blokes are mega. A mate of mine did it actually. It's on, it's on YouTube. He did it with Blue, Blue Peter. I was out in Norway with three para, and a mate of mine called uh, John Jarvey. He did the demonstration. Oh, yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube. And he, he, but he'd gone underneath, he prior and like tied a fish under the ice. Or put it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't on his body, it was under the ice. So when he went in, and he's like just talking, and he's a mad jock. He was probably, was probably thought he was quite warm. He's like chatting away, and he's like, Carl, if you're as good as me, while you're down here, you can get yourself a fish. And he's like, and he pulled out this dead fish, but he's like waggling it like this. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, he was like, he was just talking. Just talking like you sat in the bath, you know. They did a really good demo. That was probably 98, something like that. 
Um, yeah, no, it was a mad, a mad jockey day. He was all right. I said a few few people do. Yeah, put it off brilliantly. Some yeah. people just can't get out. Some people can't get out. I've, I've always managed to get out all right. But yeah, I was, I'd, I'm, as, I'm as much of a bumbling idiot as everyone else when I hit that column. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Got to be something that you have to uh, condition yourself to eventually, I'm sure. But the first shock of it. Oy. Yeah, you go it's, like those mad, it's like those mad ads throughout lockdown that were like, where well, I'm going to just have an ice bath in my garden. It's like, why are you being a nutter? Have you got, have you got one? Not yet, but I probably am going to get one. A lot of my mates use them. And, it's good for recovery, isn't it? Well, apparently, so uh, just by chance, someone told me uh, yesterday. Uh, apparently, they're, they're raving about them now for pre pre training as well. Even though this is crazy because you think about a warm up, yeah. but um, apparently, there's research now. If you go in there before training, like in the morning, and then get out and then do normal training, so you still get warmed up afterwards. Yeah. Apparently that's really good for you, but um, no doubt there's an argument, a counter argument to that. Yeah. Always, I, I always thought you needed to warm your muscles up, but mm. yeah, and then and then ice to recover. Mm. Yeah, well, cool. apparently it's good for both now, but um, I'm not sure whether I'll be. I had, I had a bit of a heart problem uh, last year, so I'm not sure whether it's uh, good, advisable for me to jump into freezing cold water or not. Yet. Yeah, yeah, you might want to get you might want to get an oppo on standby for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to jump yeah. in here, just in case. Stand there. Yeah, yeah. might need well, to get through really it. Bad, uh, hands and feet circulation as well. I think it's from that. We spent quite a lot of time in Norway when I was in Free mm. Para in the Arctic, Rob. And um, was it just? It's just I've never had frostbite. I've had you know non-freezing cold injury, same as everyone in the battalion, quite a few times. Just frost nip, and I think it's kind of done done permanent damage. My toes and my fingers get really cold, really quick. Yeah, yeah. painful. Really, it hurts. So yeah, if I, if I do get an ice tub, which I think I will, I'll have to wear some. Um, you have to wear some. Yeah, seal skin socks and gloves. Yeah, yeah. We got. Yeah, we got what. What got you into um jujitsu then? Jujitsu. Well, I've always done martial arts, mate. Since I was a, since I was a kid, I've always done something. Oh yeah. But um. Yeah, watching UFC and that kind of stuff got me interested in grappling. And then um, when I left Pathfinders in 2007, on promotion, basically, I got to Colour Sergeant. I got posted to the survival school in uh, Gosport. And just by chance, one of my blokes was from there and he told me about this uh, MMA gym that was open down there that he'd been using called um, South Coast Submissions. So yeah, I find up that I find up the coach. He's a really nice bloke, really good bloke, really good, good, really good, really good coach called Brian Adams, and um, not the guitarist <laughs> singer. And, uh, yeah, no, I started training with him. Yeah, wow. so, and as soon as I started training in um, in MMA, you know, since I, I realised there was a massive, um, I had a massive skills gap. Not that I had a massive, you know, that I was highly skilled in anything else. Yeah, yeah. But as far as grappling went, I was um, really lacking. You know, people get their hands on me, and I was just getting taken for a ride and slammed, and then just yeah, twisted nothing, up. That nothing really humbles you quicker, does it? Got me interested, mate. Definitely, so, nothing humbles you quicker, no. Nah, because no. I, and there's always uh, someone that you know, no matter how long you've been doing, there's always someone yeah, we're ready and waiting to humble you. So um, yeah, when I good, when mate. I first I when I first got into it, it was similar similar to yourself. Um, watching, I was I've always been a fan of UFC and and 
and any sort of MMA sort of sports, whether it's Bellator or whatever. Mm. Um, but yep. for for me, I've always uh, the striking element has always been what I like to watch. Previously, before yep. actually doing any sort of jujitsu, I was. I used to get annoyed if it hit the ground. You know, I was like, fuck's sake. It's just... and it wasn't until yeah. I was literally... Oh, fucking hell. I knew it would do that. It was when I was um, going through my transition to leaving, I found an MMA gym in, in Bury St. Edmunds. In fact, Josh Palmer, oh. who is one of the... It was a commentator for Cage Warriors, actually trained a purple belt. Josh, fucking good lad. I've had him on the show. Um, but anyway, that's... And I and I joined up this um up this gym and started off doing the striking. I I could handle my own with striking. Never been very good at kicking, but when it came to boxing sort of skills, I was yeah, I was pretty pretty decent. Yeah. But then it got to uh right pair up. We're going to do a bit of grappling. I was like fucking. I played a bit of rugby. I can do a fucking takedown. I can I can hold my own. Jeez. Yep. Battered. Smashed. Smashed. <laughs> absolutely smashed um yeah and then I, I went back back home to to hereford and did a bit of training with my brother he uh he's actually a very good grappler for someone who hasn't done it as with a with a gym as such he's mm. had a few people in his gym who were uh mixed martial artists that then coached him how to do certain sort of um drills and and locks and submissions etc so he he taught yep. me a few. When I went back, yeah, I still got smashed. <laughs> yeah, I I had I think I had a Kimura and a guillotine in my um in my arsenal, and that was about it. Um, yeah, any sort of transitions or anything like that, dog shit. And then, uh, unfortunately, I didn't do much more until, well, it would have been before lockdown. Now uh, when I moved down south with my missus in Kent uh my I I did a sort of a boot camp style um fitness thing I I was one of the one of the instructors there and the lead instructor yeah. was a was a purple belt um and he he invited me around his house he's got a big setup in his in his sort of garden um garage type thing I went yeah all right got there I had a solid 30 kilos on this guy it meant fuck all. He ragdolled me like I was nothing. Never been humbled so many times in about a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, unbelievable. But you train with him, oh dear. Uh occasionally. Um, not as much as I'd like to. Um, I've got a few other things that I'm involved with at the minute. Um uh, football wise, I'm I'm running a uh, a team getting ready for a charity football match. So all my fucking focus is on that. And I know in my luck, I'll go and do a roll and fucking snap my ankle or something. Because <laughs> that's just how my luck is. <laughs> and, my, and how weak my ankles are as well. Did you do gi or no gi? Uh, no gi it was. Yeah. The yeah, only time I've done, and any time I've done any sort of gi work was I did a bit of judo with the Air Force for... Again, it was literally a couple of weeks before I left. I was just trying to fill my days with stuff. And, uh, yeah, got humbled doing that as well. Fucking flipped on my head all sorts. <laughs> yeah, judo. Yeah, judo. Mega, mate. I've got a few uh, I've got a few judo mates, judo players. 
You know, you don't want to get anywhere near them, you know. If I just no, no, yeah, hips, you're going for a ride. You know, good judo. I've got a mate of mine. He's called um, Steve Gawthorpe. He's, he lives down here in Cornwall for now. He was in the Olympic team, British Olympic team. He's about sixty. He's like sixty-two or something now. He's a black. He's a coral bell. So he's like, I think seventh dan in judo, and he's a uh, he's a first degree in BJJ. He's a uh, you know he's um he's much lighter than me, and um he's he's just oh, he's awesome. He's old school. It's old the technique school, really. as well, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's, 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 it's mainly used judo, right? Because BJJ really you know comes from yeah, judo. Yeah. But he's doing he does the old school name as a ground game. You know he's um and I've got a girl I train with. She's a purple belt in BJJ and black belt in judo. Yeah, she's really good as well. Um. A friend of a few judo people, you know, you've got to respect the judo, mate. You get the you're going to, like yeah. you say, you're going to get slammed into the it's floor. It's definitely a head. discipline that, you know, a lot of people sort of disregard, especially when if it, yeah. in, 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 in the MMA sort of world, they're like, yeah, okay, judo, whatever. It's like, whoa, if you get in, in any sort of fucking <laughs> clinch range, you're, you're going flying, mate. There's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's more, yeah, not not necessarily the MMA world. I think it's more like Joe Public. Because oh, yeah, yeah. of the way it went so sporty, you know. Same with, you've got the same danger with BJJ, you know, lots of things getting made illegal, you know, no neck cranks, no spine locks, you know, no. Um, well, there's just lots of stuff you can't do, no heel hooks. You know, it's just, you know, you, you could say that that over time maybe that will get diluted as well. But the people who practice yeah. like proper judo, they are they're horrible people, really. They're not, they're not, <laughs> yeah, absolute nightmare. Yeah, their hands it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad day. But um, I like that, all, the, I like all the martial arts. That's the that's a strange thing about diluting it down because obviously it, it's not designed as a sport as such. It was cre- it was made into a sport to mm. compete because that's that's just human nature is they like to compete but it's it's designed to as a well self-defense mm. so you might need to yeah. fucking heel hook someone if you need to it's, yeah. that's, that's crazy that they're diluting it down yeah i mean i love i love jujitsu and grappling and but you know i'm never going to go on the floor on purpose in a real form no no <laughs> for on purpose if i do go you know that's a good thing about it if you end up on the floor you know some jujitsu you know, you've got, and the other person doesn't. There's a hot, in my opinion, you're probably going to win that battle. Yeah. Know, unless they get up and punch you in the head. But if, as long as you've got a little, if you know a little bit of every, everything, you know, you've got a, quite a good chance. Uh, you know, coming out on top. Um, yeah, heel hooks and all that. Yeah, people say there's no street, uh, you know, uh, application to them, but there is. There's an application to everything. Like you say, it all comes around from real combat. You know, yeah, yeah. time. In, in Asia, etc., it's like oh, it's like flying kicks, you know, flying kicks in Taekwondo. Yeah? They, they used to, they used to be able to, they used to have to jump high because they were fighting people on horseback. So like, you know, that's where a lot of flying kicks come yeah, from. Yeah. So they can kick someone off their horse to get them, you know, on the, on the ground and have a, a fairer fight. It's, um, there's a lot of history behind a lot of the stuff. I don't discredit any or discount any martial arts. To be fair, you know, no. they've all got their, they've all got their, they've all got their applications. Apart, apart yeah, from the uh, the the muck dojo as as they're also called, have you seen those ones? Yeah. That use the chi. <laughs> yeah, I think there is something to you know. I think there was something in in chi. 
but obviously the stuff for the you know, no hands sending people flying around. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking cracks me up. It's nuts, yeah. People buy, buy into it. You seen the one, the Chi Master versus MMA fighter? You must have seen that one now. Yeah. Just gets larrant. It's quite embarrassing. You feel sorry for him. He's just getting, and students are looking on and going, what the hell? What you, what's just happened here? Well, he's got yeah. into a proper fight, is what's just happened. Yeah, the teeth just came out. <laughs> you might want to get a yeah. might want to get a good dentist. I wonder who's the, who's the craziest? Is he the who's the nutter? Is it him? You know, the master, or is it the people who are paying him to teach them this? Or yeah. maybe they're all just equally they're all fucking equally. mental. Yeah, Lost absolutely huge. mental. Yeah. What so, are you training now? How many times a week do you train now? Where do I train? Yeah, how many times a week are you training? Well, at the minute. Um, anywhere between four and six times a week I'm training now. I've um I'm actually quite proud of myself. I've lost two stone since I started training properly. I I got to a point after all the lockdowns and things where I just got really lazy. Oh. Um and put on far too much weight for my size. Um and to be fair, the starting uh, getting this football match ready has been a bit of a blessing because I'm very much one of those guys that if I don't have something to train for, then I do get very lazy, um, which is not a good trait to have because um, I know exactly how to train. I know what to train. I know all I need to know about nutrition. It's just the fact that I'm fucking, I'm not going to lie, mate, I'm, fucking, I'm so lazy. Um, but seeing the hard work that I've put myself through, um, the the change that I've got, even down to these jeans that I'm wearing now, I look like a 19, 1990s skateboarder. They're so baggy on me. I have to go down to the fucking shop and get a new pair. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but <clears throat> also the plus side of it is I'm in such a better place mentally as well. I felt that with the with the weight gain that I had, my depression and, and all my other issues that I had was starting to creep back in. Because mm. I was just being lazy, I was sat on the fucking Xbox all day, or I was just pumping yeah. on McDonald's. Don't get me wrong; I'm not denying myself on McDonald's every now and then, um, but you know, everything in moderation. But I've been really properly beasting myself for it because there's nothing worse than walking the team out on the football in the football game and then just being a fat slob. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not having that. But, but yeah. Definitely going down to the gym. I went down to the gym this morning, did an hour before um, coming on here. And I just felt, it just gives me so much, I feel so much better. Even yeah. during my breaks at work, I go I go off onto the um, onto the sports pitch and just kick the football about hmm. for 45 minutes or so. And I come back and hmm. I feel so much better. Yeah, you got to get up, keep moving, mate. Definitely. <laughs> I was teaching some kids uh, self-defense before this this morning. Oh, yeah. So um, there's been a few um, incidents in Nuki Town, which isn't far from where I live. And um, well, kid, kid girls mainly getting followed by uh, by men, I'm videoing them and just acting weird. And there was a, a sexual assault on a young girl uh, just a couple of a few weeks ago in Nuki. So there's a, quite a lot of concern down there at the minute. And someone asked me if I'd do some self-defense with the um, with the kids' school girls. So I've been I'm doing that for the next like, few weeks, just a lot hours hourly sessions. So that's what I've been doing this morning and yesterday. Um, 
just showing them a few like simple defenses oh, against being grabbed. You know, grab someone grabs your arm, someone grabs your throat. Mm. Uh, show them a nice uh, to explain to them how chokes work and got them to practice a quick choke. So um, yeah, I'm going to keep that going for the next six weeks. Oh, nice. Hopefully that, hopefully that through the schools. Yeah, through the school. Yeah. That that's then, that's good that the school is recognised something is wrong and then reached out to get someone to help coach the amount of schools that probably wouldn't yeah well, it's kind of in conjunction with a gym uh, where i do so i used to work at this gym and i just teach there you know, a few times a week i run my club i've got my own jiu-jitsu club now and um yeah the owner there of wax gym in Newquay, he's um he's really keen to, to help these kids out so he's okay. um, he's sponsoring it but they're keen to do it as well so it's good yeah so you know trying to empower these girls because I think jiu-jitsu, I think, is, is really, really useful. I mean, I yeah. love the strike dance as well. I love boxing, kickboxing. I love all of it. But realistically, if a girl punches for a, a For a girl, man, yeah, I agree. So that's why there's weight divisions in, in all contact sports, you know. You know, 10, well, not 10, 13, 14-year-old girl punching a man is unlikely to do that great deal of damage. You know, best, you know, best thing she can do is get away, run away, yeah, yeah. run away quickly. And if you can't, then it's like just make it. Make it so you can run away. I get yeah. them off you and then run. Everything's all about getting away. You know, when I do like women's or I do women's self defense classes as well. You know, that's the kind of mindset. There's a lot of bullshit out there. You're saying with dojos, there's so much bullshit out there. Do this, just do this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I hear it all the time. I hear women say, I'll oh, just kick him in the balls. I'm like, well, you know, I always say, don't get me wrong, I'm a massive fan. I'm a massive fan of kicking them in the balls. But I'm well aware that. If, even if you pretend to kick one of your mates in the balls, he'll flinch really quickly and probably yeah. will miss. There's a, there's a good chance you'll miss. And um, now he's angry. You know, now you'd be really up the ante now. So um, ideally, just don't get involved. Run away. Run away. Yeah, yeah. Let me, if you can't run away. I heard that from... Um, little as possible to see yeah, you can't I was, run away. I was listening to a, a Jocko uh, podcast and, right. they, and he said something similar. He's like, what's the best way to deal with a fight anyway and not be in it yeah get away it was like yeah. if i don't if i if i can't physically get away then then i will have to stand my my ground and but he went if if there's any opportunity that i can turn and get out of there then i will yeah and you know <clears throat> for, you're probably, for... you're probably not telling the truth because apparently he is absolutely nailed That's yeah yeah i agree i think i think yeah. he's trying to teach he's trying to teach the right thing you know and it's like, yeah 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 because he's just, a, he's, and, and he's basically yeah, he's basically a hairless gorilla isn't he he's uh he's ridiculous he's an absolute monster yeah like really really good bloke but an absolute nightmare yeah I mean, look at him yeah, a big old boy he's done it he's very experienced high level black belt so it's gonna be a yeah. bad day but again, he's got he's got a few above him isn't he that he he says he he'll roll with but always end up um, yeah, yeah, beating him, which is yeah. Is Wait, it's levels to it. Well, there's there's levels, levels to everything. But like, but like, you know, like um, people like because I think he trained with Dean Lister. I know him and Dean yeah. Lister have done some stuff together. You know, and I think you know he's probably one of them blokes. Dean Lister was like UFC, and the highest level in in grappling, the highest level in mixed martial arts. You know, Jocko was a, a Navy SEAL. You know, he's a full time full time job in the military. You know, whereas Dean Lister's had a full time job fighting. There's yeah, levels. Yeah. There's levels to stuff. Levels yeah, to great. There are blokes like that. They're absolutely really, really well recognized, prestigious, 
ninja hard as nails blokes, you know, when they can say it, just run away. Just to, you know, it's like it's not yeah, cowardice, exactly. it's just sensible. It's a sensible thing to do. But yeah, that's what I'm really trying to instill in these girls. Obviously, they're teenagers, they're not they're, they're on the on the bold old, my, bold uh, old my my eldest is quite funny. So I I I taught her um I taught her how to get a, a decent uh, rear naked in. Yep. And but she's so funny because she she never really listened on any sort of transition that I told her. So now if she wants to like get me in it, she goes, Can I get on your back? And it's like, <laughs> No. Do you think I'm an idiot? I've seen she's she's horrible. When she when she locks it in, I've got a I've got I'll have to send it to you after. I've got a hilarious video clip of her getting my um father in law in this rear naked choke <laughs> and the panic on his face. Yeah. And it was on my birthday, so it was a fantastic birthday present. Um, but yeah, it, it's I'm trying to like coach her into this is how you do a guillotine. This would probably work well if someone's trying to get on top of you and things like that. Um, but yeah, hundred percent, just get get the fuck out of there. If, yeah, it, yeah that, don't don't, don't try and be a hero. Get get the fuck out. Yeah, and run to some a group of people, you know. A, you know, I just think, well, there's a chance that these kids running away because the kids must be worried that if they run away and run into like a group of blokes, maybe that yeah. group of blokes, you know, someone in that group is going to attack them as well. I think it's really unlikely, really yeah. unlikely. Even if yeah. there was one freak in a group of blokes, the rest of them wouldn't stand for it. Yeah, I'm might... sure that I'm sure the group of blokes would probably go after the fucking bloke that's trying to attack you. I think the same. And I think well, that's same... what I'd like to think yeah. these yeah. blokes would I do. Think, but you... I think you're right, mate. I, I, I would think about it a lot. And I think, and women are really, obviously, or can be, and a lot of them are very, very maternal. And women can get real aggressive real quick. You know, same as blokes. But, you know, mm. they might be even more, especially more verbal, and screaming at a bloke who's following a kid around and drawing everyone's attention to it. Whereas a bloke might go up there and sort of whisper in his ear, you better fuck off. You know, women are probably pointing at him and screaming and get everyone looking yeah. at him and weirdos following girls around. And, you know, it's difficult to advise kids because it's, um, yeah, it'd be terrifying with some of these kids there, and some of them are really small. You know, that one grown man getting their hands on them, it's like soft mm. tissue area. You know, if you've got to attack them, I say to them, you know, if you can get their eyes, get their eyes. You know, yeah. don't just don't just try and poke them in the eye like that because you'll probably miss because we've all, you know, we've all got a natural reflex. Yeah, dig, dig to, that thumb right in their fucking move. eyeball. Yeah, thumb, yeah, nail. And I said, you know, most of them have got nails because most of them are, are, are girls, um, at that age, you know, getting into the makeup and that. Yeah, yeah. Long nails, it's like get that nail, really dig it into his eye. Well, just rake it, you know, rake, 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 and just keep going for it until he lets go and then run. It's all about getting back to that point right, where you, where you yeah, can yeah. run away. It's, um, it's just too advice. much out there. It can be quite dangerous, I think. You take, tell a girl, oh, kick him in the balls or grab his wrist and turn him over and he falls over and it's like, it ain't going to work like that. Yeah. It's like that, uh, that fucking bloke. Who is it? Uh, is it Detroit? Detroit. Dust. Yeah, fuck me, yeah. that guy. Yeah. I can't tell if he's trolling everyone or if he's serious. Because if he's serious, yeah. he's going to get someone killed. <laughs> I read something the other day about him. They said apparently their take on it was that he was originally serious, but now he's just rolling with the punches and he's like, yeah, making money out of it. And he's, he's, you know, God, God, God bless him for making the money, but you can't, you can't, you can't say that you're being serious, mate. You can't. Because someone's going to go, I watched this fucking clip. I know how to disarm someone with a shotgun. It's like, no, you don't. I know how to get killed really quickly. <laughs> yeah.
it is dodgy. But, I mean, there's always going to be, no matter what you do. So I've always I'd re, I'd re, be reluctant to put stuff on YouTube. There's always going to be mm. someone who's going to say, that would never work. I'd just do this and I'd just do that. And then when you're teaching, someone always says, well, I'd just do this. Or what if they do that? You go down rabbit holes. And you, yeah. Sometimes you can miss the context in a short video. But So we used to teach, uh, just some, some of the courses I used to run in the military, we used to teach a couple of weapon disarms. And I know, so I know some people. If we just put that on there without context, some of it people would just go, "That's a load of bollocks. That's never even going to get killed." But the context we put it in is, you know, your mates just got shot, and those in the next rooms just got shot. You're next, so you're going to get shot anyway. You know, this is what I would do in this situation. I wouldn't just stand there and get shot. There's plenty of evidence of people doing that. You know, from Vietnam War, from all the wars, yeah. people kneeling down, kneeling down, and just being compliant and just getting shot because they're like, "Well, well." There's nothing I can do. Here that's, I go. That's got to be a that's got to be a tough situation. That yeah, of course it is. Just... There's mock executions as well, you know. So it's like, oh, fuck. Imagine the the thought process you've got to go through and just go, oh, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. You might as well have a go, you know. Yeah. Might as well have a go. But um, that's difficult. But there's always there's always you know that bloke shot. He's just taking it taking it beyond yeah beyond and to the next level, but. You know, a lot of the time, people have got good intentions with the stuff they're putting on, on YouTube. It's just like you say, same with some of these TV shows. They're like, oh, drink your own piss. And, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? And, and people think that's a good idea, you know, because someone else said someone did it on TV. And it's yeah. like, just don't do that. Whatever. That. I'm going to take my sock off. I'm going to drain my piss through my sock. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. There's some crazy advice out there, but yeah, some of it's. Well intended. Some of it's just for clicks, or but it's yeah. just nuts, fucking crazy, not suicidal stuff. But, um, yeah, I like. I do like the jujitsu for that. I think. Well, the main thing I like about jujitsu is, you know, I like, I like chokes, and I like the fact that you can choke someone unconscious, and now they're not a threat. Whereas someone with a broken arm or broken leg, especially if they're on drugs or they're just absolutely mental, they'll keep coming, mm. keep coming. Broken jaw and a broke arm hanging off. They'll keep attacking. Now, someone who's unconscious doesn't have that option. They're unconscious, yeah. and then it's, you know, it's your opportunity now to get away. I, I once there's there's not a fucking a, a fucking clever story at all, but when I was um would have been about eighteen, nineteen, probably nineteen. Back back when I was fucking Billy Big Bollocks, wanted to go out and I was either fucking or fighting. I remember getting into a fight with a bloke and he was clearly on some sort of gear. Um, mm. I gave him a bit of a pasting and then pretty much rugby tackled him through a window of, um, it was uh, the cash converters. And I remember the alarms all going off and this guy got Allegedly. up. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that didn't really happen to him. Um, but this guy got up and he was picking fucking glass out of himself. And he was like still coming. I was like, what, what are you fucking doing, you fucking nutcase? When you're done, mate, you need to go to the hospital. I was like <laughs> trying to be like a gentleman here. Like, I'm, you're finished, mate. You need to, yeah. I can't I can't keep going. And then uh, he ended up, he did end up fucking walking off. But I just remember being a bit taken back. Like, I've given this guy a fucking, allegedly, a pasted. Mm. And he just kept coming. And I was like, yeah, he was definitely on stuff. Yeah, definitely on stuff. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah, that's why running's always good. Well, we've all seen we've all seen drunk people running, and we've all done it. You think you're running really fast, <laughs> yes, you're running really slow, but it feels super fast. But 
Yeah, drunk people they can't run so fast either, so they're, they're less likely to catch you when you, once you get on your toes. But um, he, I think it's easier said than done, you know. For a, yeah, yeah. For a bloke to just walk away because we've all got an we've all got an ego. As much as we might not want to have one, we've all got an, a bit of an ego. We don't want to. We don't want to back down. But, no, but yeah, De- definitely. If you if you, if you're not well versed in any sort of combat, you definitely need to get the fuck out of there because you don't know what the fucking guy opposite you can do, and nobody wants to take a trip to a to hospital. So there you go. There's some there's some advice for the listeners. Some solid <laughs> advice for the listeners. Get, get it running. Yeah, just make sure you uh, start doing some track and field, and uh, get on the track and start doing some laps. Faster, yeah. the, faster the better. Exactly. <laughs> what going going back in time now? What sort of um, coerced you into going to the Pathfinders? Um, had a couple of mates who'd gone there, mate. Yeah, uh, I had a, had a platoon sergeant early on, and went time in free paro. Just uh, my second ever platoon sergeant. He came from Pathfinders on promotion to sergeant, and he took over my platoon. He was awesome. We used to do loads of cool stuff with him because he just did it. He, he knew loads of stuff from his time at PF. Um, yeah, and I did a course with the PF because of him. He got me on an escape and invasion course that the PF used to run. Used to run our own escape and evasion with inter- uh, interrogation at the end of it. Um, yeah, every, every deal in I had with them was always good. We went, went to Botswana with Free Power and they were there. It was a, just a patrol, I think, with PF blokes there and they were doing some really cool stuff and blowing things up and that. They got left alone on. We got to go and blow some stuff up with them using PE4. Yeah, and I just thought these, these are, they seem like a really good, yeah, seems like a really good unit. There's no, no bullshit. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know, a good mate of mine went on the year before me, actually. But called Ginge in Wild uh, 2. He went past, and I kept in touch with him, and he was having a, he was having a really good time. Well, yeah, I'll have a go at that. Let's do it. So I uh, put myself on it, yeah. Uh, and that was 1999, uh, and I went on the Carter, October 99. And um, yeah, it was good, mate. No looking back, really. I'm glad I, I'm looking glad back, I, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good choice. Yes, I was a top man. I was still a private, you know. I'd been in about... Six years, and I was a private, and I got promoted. I actually got promoted during the Pathfinder Carter, and then, um, then I passed the Carter. So I, yeah, I left. I left Free Power really as a Tom, and then did. Well, then I was a Lance Jack full sergeant, and then I picked up Colour Sergeant in PF, and then I, that's a, that's when I moved away to do a survival, oh, survival nice. school. Oh, nice. What's that? Yeah, some, some Gucci ops that you got put on on Pathfinders. Yeah, it's quite busy. So the year I went on the card it was a, it was '99, and the, the blokes had already been on Kosovo, been to Kosovo that year. And then when 2000 we had Sierra Leone, and 2001 we had Macedonia, 2002 was Afghanistan, 2003 was Iraq. So there was a few blokes there. We went on tour every year from 1999 oh, yeah. to 2003. Yeah. There was a, I, I missed one of them, but um, yeah, it was good, mate. It was a really busy time. Obviously, for anyone, the, the, the Twin Towers attack that obviously had a massive effect. Yeah, and we were busy, mate. We were always, always away, just always away, doing either an exercise or doing something. Or yeah, yeah. Away all the time. I loved it. it was brilliant. That's that's sort of what you want. <laughs> if if anything, like you join up, you don't join up just for a fucking jolly. You join up because you want to be busy. You want to be doing stuff that the mm. army or infantry or whatever are supposed to be yeah. doing. 
So having that sort of turnaround, as much as of a probably as a lot of people would think was a lick out at the time, when you look back, you're like, that's that's good. We were fucking married people. Yeah, we were doing doing bits. Yeah, as a married bloke, it would have been a nightmare. Yeah, uh, but as a as a young single lad, it was all. I I have always said that you want to be single if you're in the army doing a job like that. Definitely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, busy. Yeah, busy. I mean, we were really busy for a few years, and it was like we were busy as an single, but we were busier than everybody else. Every time yeah. something came up, like a tour came up, generally you know, like one para would go, and one of them, like one para went to Sierra Leone with a few two para. And then two power went to Macedonia, and three power went to Iraq. Two power went to Kabul. Well, yeah. So the battalions weren't; they were getting like every other tour of MPF. We were getting, um, we were getting all of them because we were going out with all the brigade, with the brigade battle group. It was really good for us. It was a good time for recruiting. It was everyone was like, "Fucking hell, these blokes are getting on everything." I'm like, "Yeah, mega," because you know we're only yeah, a two yeah. five bunch and uh, we're a brigade asset, so we were getting on, uh, getting loads of good stuff. My first year in P- first few two years really. My first year in PF, I did my military free fall course out in America, and then I came back from that. I went to um, straight up, I went to Sweden. I think that's right. On a on a, a winter um, not Lerps course with the Swedish Special Forces, and then came back from there and went to um, Sierra Leone on tour, and then the same year we went to Jordan. Same year I went to Germany, just all over the place. All over the went loads and loads of places. Hardly in, hardly in camp. You know, and obviously you get paid LSSA for being away. Yeah, I was going to say your LSA days. That yeah, must have been through did. the roof. <laughs> yeah, it was massive, mate. Yeah, it's massive. But um, yeah, and the second year was pretty much the same. You know, just away on courses and on, on trips, parachuting. There's all the stuff. What we did at PF, what I liked about it, a mate of mine who described this to me years ago, who was um, who went to Hereford. And he said when he went to power, when he went to PF, he said PF was how we, what he expected it to be like when he went to battalion to power edge. Obviously, there's always a bit of a letdown in it. Oh, I thought we'd do more of this or more of that. Mm. And then when he went to Hereford, it was more it was what he thought he'd do in PF. Like, I got you, yeah. But you know, it was um, the stuff we did in PF was was, was awesome. You know, it was always loads of parachuting, and loads of trips away, you know, loads of weapons. Different weapons to get get used to and fire. Loads of like, off road driving and mobility stuff and climbing and abseiling, uh, helicopters and blowing things up and improvise explosives. You know, just loads of stuff. All this, all the really cool stuff. Yeah, this is this is good. You know, this is really enjoyable. You're fucking. You're selling it to me. I'm going to join back up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming. I'm not coming with you. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> but, uh, my, knees, my knees are shot to bits. Yeah, no, it was it was a good crap, mate. You know, you know, I never, I never regretted going to Pia. You know, same as I never regretted joining Power Edge. You know, it was, it was, um, you know, I had a really good time in Free Power. Loved it. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And then, cool. um, yeah, I had a really good time in PF. Obviously, ups and downs in both. But uh, yeah, on reflection, I'll do, I'll do it again for sure. I'll do it again. I think, I think the majority of blokes say that as well. Would you do it again? Yeah, I would in a heartbeat, hundred percent. What about you? If you if you could have your time again, would you, would yeah, you yeah. stay in? Yeah, would I, would, stay I, would, I think I would have stayed in. Yeah, if I had the if I had the opportunity. There's um, uh, uh, that was one of the reasons I had my depression was so bad. There was so much that I wanted to achieve that I never got to yeah. achieve, and that it is what it is now. Um, but yeah, the way you were 
describing um, PF then, I was like, it took me back to a, um, we had a presentation from a, from a 2-2 guy. Fucking, it was, it, the way he described it was that all you needed to be able to do was the uh, regular army fitness test and you could basically be a blade. Basically, that's how he described it. But this guy, he, he turned up in fucking mixed dress. He had um, desert trousers and a jungle fucking smock on. Nice. <laughs> he, he was uh, there at one point he had his he, it was during a break and he was sat in his um in his vehicle and he had his feet out the window monging it and the uh <laughs> fucking station warrant was walking by and he started and he he was like well, what the fuck are you doing fucking knife hand was coming out and he lit i don't know how he got away with it because i'm sure he would have got a fucking chewing anyway but he basically pulled his lid out and like flash the fucking sand and then just fucking carried on fucking reclining. We're all sat there going, hang on. We all want to be in the SAS now, so we can basically be fucking do what you like us. But <laughs> yeah, I just remember him being fucking getting briefed and he just basically just popped his berry out the window. I was like, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. But you know, there's some confidence there as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a bit chopsy, a bit chopsy. Yeah, <laughs> madness, madness. So, is the book out now? Yeah, mate, the book's Finished. out. Look, yeah, so I've got um, this is this is the latest one. Out. Oh, there it is. Regimental, I've called it. Regimental, we're all mental. Absolutely um, mental. Yeah, that's uh, that's the latest one, mate. Yeah, it's doing all right. You know, in this chart, in this chart, in this category, it's doing pretty good. Um, nice. Yeah, and I'll talk, I'll talk a bit about mental health at the end of that as well. I know that's something you like to uh, promote. But um, yeah, there's quite a, bit, a fair bit about mental health and like leaving the leaving the military and kind of what what you have to go through and not what you have to go through, you know, what you what you go through, the sort of process of leaving and the kind of mindset change and um, uh, yeah, I've written a little bit about that. All the way through, basically, from yeah, some stuff. I was a bit, but someone, someone phone left me a message uh, yesterday saying, I'm just reading about you when you were a kid, you're a bit of a bastard. And I was like, yeah, he said, I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to have known you when you, when you were at school. I was a bit of a dick, yeah. And, yeah. and my mates, I was, I think I was a good friend, but uh, outside of that, I was, you know, I was off the rails, you know, but power edge, joining power edge straightened me out, you know, joining the army straightened me out really quickly, not like immediately. Yeah, you, you you fucked, didn't you? yeah, I mean, and it was still, I'm sure this still goes on, rightly or wrongly. But you know, I've really thought if, if, I, if you had to chop stuff to my depot stuff, you'd have got filled in, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you're gonna get proper filled in here, you know, do as you're told. And I just realized I was, um, I was just a little well, I was a young man, I was like 17, 18, but they were, ter- they were terrifying, really. They're, they're corporals, you know. So they they put me in my place real quick, and then yeah, just put me on the straight and narrow, mate. You know, and it's kind of a, they instilled yeah. a mentality in me and a, a mindset, and yeah, it just really resonated with me and stuck. You know, I've always tried to uphold it, and um, yeah, and I just talked for depot. You know, it's crazy stuff goes on in depot, and then parachuting, and I think the Tarnian Battalion, Pathfinder selection. Being in Pathfinders, different operational tours, and you know, survival school, jujitsu, talk about everything really. 
It's, um, that's awesome. There's no bravado in there, mate. I'm not, not, there's no bullshit. I'm like, it's just this is a story, you know, and I'm, I've kind of like to, I like to um, give out credit where it's due to people who've like been big influences to me or, you know, people I've had a lot of time for um, yeah, yeah. helping on along my way. And I've kind of got quite a lot of shout outs. Um, Awesome. Yeah, I think it's I think it's, it's it's come out right, mate. Feedback so far has been good. Do, uh, yeah, I haven't actually got any copies myself. I've got this at, uh, as you can see, it says on there. It says on there, not for not for resale. This is a proof, a draft copy. Ah, okay. So, awesome. so I, I I had a few of them printed off, so I could check check yeah. through it, sent to a couple, sent out a couple to people, and then um, you know, any sort of amendments I needed like doing off. Yeah, I'll yeah. Try them, try them well, in I've that I haven't got your book yet. I'll be getting it. Ah. Fucking breaking everything, isn't it? Ah. But I do have mine. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, that's nice. my one. Mixed reviews on that. <laughs> Is that what one? Was... I didn't. I didn't see that, mate. I, to be honest, I don't. I don't think it's. Seen, um, it's quite difficult one? to find because. Basically, I had a lot of shit from um, from lads that were mates that weren't my mates. Um, so I got a lot of abuse online, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so between me and my missus, I was like, look, I'll just it's it's on Amazon, but yeah, it's difficult to find. You have to like really search for it now, um, which is unfortunate because you know mainly the book was about my struggles after leaving. Um, hello, you're at the adverts, so don't turn off, don't turn off because I've got some good stuff for you. First up, I'm going to talk about our sponsors. Kent CBD is our first sponsor. Now, CBD oil, as you know, has tremendous benefits, especially within mental health and physical health. Personally, I use it to help with my anxiety and my depression, but not only that, I also use it to help with the aches and pains of life in my joints, especially my ankles and my knees. Um, but yeah, without CBD oil, I would have still been on my antidepressant tablets, which I'm no longer on. So, you know, every cloud. And what we're going to do here at Granite Zero is we're going to give you 10% off everything from oil, muscle rub, jellies, bath salts, the lot. Yeah, make sure you get in there. www.kentcbd.org. Put in the promo code Granite Zero and get yourself 10% off. You are welcome. But also, if you're like me and you love a nice cup of coffee. Now, for me, I only drink one coffee and that's Green Beret coffee. Now, I don't only drink it because it's out of this world fucking coffee. Roast to order grinded to whatever specific grind you want but not only that it's veteran owned and veteran run which you know hits me right in the feels so make sure you check it out green beret coffee get yourself a nice cup of coffee i drink it dark just like my soul incredible stuff incredible stuff and what i'm going to give for you i'm going to give you 10 percent off so once you get to the checkout once you've got all your coffee your products your apparel whatever you need Get to the checkout and put in the promo code GZPODCAST10 and get yourself 10% off, courtesy of the Granite Zero Podcast. You are welcome. 
Now, that's enough of me talking about this stuff. Back to the regular scheduled show. Check it out! Yeah, so... Um, yeah. So, basically, it was... The first few chapters are about my time in the military. Obviously, it's part of my biography going through my story. And... Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah... <sighs> The amount of hate I got was ridiculous. Like people well, saying I was making stuff up when I can literally vouch for everything that I've ever done. But, you know, and also, if I was going to make stuff up, I would have made stuff up a lot cooler than what I've put in there. <laughs> I would have made out like I was a super soldier or something, but it's generally just a trip through my fucking memoirs. Um, but yeah, these people that I thought were mates were brothers that actually turned out to be fucking cunt basically yeah. um so okay. yeah i'm very glad that your uh your book's doing all right though that's that's the main thing yeah well, so you know hopefully we'll keep going mate and um so i've got that's book number four so, you know, i've given it i said to my missus you know, i want to give it give it a crap good crap bit of whip i'm just it's just the advertiser side of it and all that you know i don't know what i'm doing i just yeah. muddled limb through but um yeah that's that's a difficult part really but most, yeah, most of most of the feedback we get is really, really positive. So, um, yeah, I'll just I'll stick with it for a little while longer. And if you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm focusing on on that at the minute. That and my jiu jitsu club, which is um, growing nicely. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, that's that keeps me busy now, mate. You know, that's, that's it really. That's that's all you need. That's all you need. It's very similar to you with in terms of my book, like it did what it did um it was part of a process that i needed to do in my opinion i had basically i had toy, tour diaries that i had jotted down that i wanted oh. to i wanted to do something with them because that was the reason why i wrote basically because there was a lot of stuff that was going on on tour that i wanted to get down and documented for well even if it was just for the kids when when they grew up yeah. what, what did you get yeah. up to well have a read of that um i'm not i'm not claiming that i'm any sort of fucking writer but it was definitely it was definitely um it was definitely a good process to go through because it it definitely took me back even down to like growing up um back home like just a regular fucking person but it got me thinking about all the different things that you you got up to growing up that like my kids can't really do now like going out until 11 o'clock at night on your bike because you could <laughs> yeah. you didn't have the worry yeah uh, writing stuff down is really good for you mate I think I agree with you like mental health wise mm. it's just a, a really deep reflection you know what, what, looking back so I think I think it really helps it's definitely been good for me yeah and like you say it's, I think there's nothing else like I, I, I me and I don't know anything about my own uh, old man's history. Mm. Um, you know, I, I couldn't tell you any sort of stories about what he did when he was younger. I don't know any, but you know, my kids have got plenty of evidence about what I did. Yeah, yeah. So, written pretty much everything down now. It's all out there. You know, and then my grandkids are when I'm you know, dribbling on myself in a wheelchair when I'm ninety or whatever, and when they're taking a the piss out of me, someone might say, "Yeah, you know, he didn't used to be this." this Silly old fucker, look, it used to be pretty cool, you know, and give them one of my books, read that. Go, oh, right, yeah, it was pretty cool, and then kept stuff around the head anyway. Yeah. And, 
that's what that's another reason why I quite like doing the podcast. I'm not like like I say, I'm not really I'm not great at writing things down. I like to write things down when I can. The odd it sound sounds a bit um old school, but occasionally I used to write poems and things like that just to get fucking yeah. shit off my chest. Um but the reason why I started the podcast was to also help me do that because I'm quite I'm quite severely dyslexic. So getting the right oh. words in sometimes I'll write things down and then look at it and go, well, that makes fucking no sense in my head. When I was writing it down, it made sense, but, but yeah, so this was always, the podcast is always going to be a journey through life basically. Um, and at the, at the moment, I, the way I started it was literally just me talking, just airing stuff off. Um, if there is any sort of, um, current events going on, then I would, give my views on it and then I started adding guests on and it's so much yeah. better getting guests on having people like yourself like-minded people that you can have a fucking conversation with yeah and, and the way I like to do it is like having a chat in the pub as well it's like this is a conversation that you'd have in the pub and yeah. Um, yeah it fucking helps no end and now my kids can look back when they get old enough to actually listen to it it's fucking terrible language on it um <laughs> They've got well at the minute this would be hundred and sixty six, I think. There's hundred and sixty six episodes at the minute. There'll be plenty more when they get older and they will always have then and they can pass that on to their kids and grandkids and whatnot. And yeah. the beauty of technology today is my voice will live on forever. <laughs> this this idea. lovely Herefordian accent will be there forever. <laughs> is that where you're from then? Is your Hereford? Oh uh, yeah, I grew up in Hereford. Yeah, I was um, that's where dad dad was basically stationed um until when did he leave? I want to say nineteen ninety was when he came out. So I would I would have only been three when we moved there. So yeah, we originally lived in Carterton by Bryce. Yeah, that's where he was a number one jump school, wasn't it? Um. And then he got posted over Hereford Way, and so I've I've known no different up until I joined the military, and that was yeah. a fuck that was a shock. When I left Hereford to go to Burris and Edmonds, pretty much <clears throat> polar opposite sides of the country. Um, yeah, the first four weeks I was like, I can't do this shit. <laughs> I want to go home. I know people at home. People like me at home. <laughs> I'm not getting shouted at for not being able to iron a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't iron, mate. It was useless. You I think you've got uh, Ben Garwood's flag behind you, right? HR4K. Yeah. You go yeah, yeah. Know him, mate, yeah? I don't know him personally, no. Um, but, yeah, I, I, a few mates of mine were like, oh, have you seen HR4K? They're fucking class. And I was like, yeah, all right. let me check it out. Mm. Um, I've, been, I've been in there for a coffee. I was supposed to meet, um, I can never get his surname right, Hugh from the HR podcast. I was supposed to meet him there for a coffee. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, both our conf- uh, conflicts of um, time and schedules and things never happened, unfortunately. Because yeah. he was one of, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast, listening to his. Um, but, yeah, I've been, I've been down there for a coffee. Fucking great setup down there. Yeah, yeah I've been in there, yeah. Yeah, good bloke. Yeah, I'm probably talking to Hugh quite soon, actually. He's um, the same front, same battalion as me. 
Yeah, yeah, sound bloke. Yeah. Yeah, should, yeah. We'll, we'll, I think we're linking up pretty soon. Have a chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing how you you get different um inspirations from different people. Like as much as just recently it's been very heavily military my the podcast itself that in in yeah. terms of the guests that I've had on. Um but I find that's who I can connect with mm. better. Um yeah. but I've had an eclectic range of different guests on. It's fucking mad. Mm. When I when I look back through it, I'm like, I literally record in the shed. I don't know how I've got some of these people on there. Um <laughs> but one of my best and will probably arguably in in terms of us as um veterans um the most fa- well for us i would say the most famous was um i had rusty on rusty Furman. yeah fucking sound bloke to chat to he was he was although it took him ages to get his um connection right on his laptop but fucking brilliant <laughs> he was brilliant guest he actually used to play football with my dad for the regiment oh, right. and uh yeah it was just, it was just a fucking bizarre thing. Like, I, somehow I had him as a friend on Facebook. I don't know how that has happened because I don't yeah. actually know him, know him. And my dad, my dad knows him to say hello to if they're in the same pub, but they're not like they're not like chummy like some of my my old man's, um, some of the other um, regiment guys. Yeah. But yeah, I just it, again, it was a similar like this. It was just a fucking conversation. Like obviously, I had loads of like questions like about the embassy siege and things like that. But you know, I always find asking him those sort of questions all the time. He must get he must get bored of it. Yeah, unless everyone's thinking the same as you and doesn't ask them kind of questions. Yeah, true. Just yeah, no, no. I suppose you could just ask them, can you? They might be fed up and they might actually want to talk about it. It's difficult. Yes. Um... I remember my, when I came back from, I think it was Iraq, I went to see my old man and he said, he said I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to ask you what it was like out there because you're probably fed up of talking about it. I think I hadn't been back long and I said, I haven't actually spoke to anyone about it. Because I just hadn't, not, you know, if you don't want to ask, like, you know, I'll talk about anything. But, um, yeah, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe you should then. Mate. Yeah, that, that might have been a good time to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Just what's been, what had been going on, but, no, I never had that, never had that conversation. He just assumed I'd be, I was fed up talking about it, but I hadn't talked about it at all. Yeah. You know, it's like when you've been away on tour, you want to talk about, you know, want to talk about certain bits of stuff that's gone on, not funny yeah. things or crazier things that have happened. It's just normal conversation. But um, you just don't know, there. No. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, I, I, I've I've actually got it in the book. Um, I remember going to a local of ours called the Barrels in Hereford. And I remember sitting there and uh, John McAleese was in there. Mm. And I remember looking at him as if to go, I recognize you, but I don't know why I know who you are. And I said to my dad, I was like, who's that geezer over there? And he was like, that's John McAleese. And I was like, all oh, right. And I was I, in my head, I was like, I really want to go and have a fucking conversation with him because I bet he's got some fucking stories, whether it's about the mm. embassy or not. Like he's going to have some fucking stories. My old man was just like, nah, just leave him to his beer. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Chill. Jeez. But yeah, it was... I think it's different when it's servant, the service people who come and talk to you. 
because mm. they can ask they're not going to ask inappropriate stuff that's some, you know yeah. some random oh, yeah some people who haven't made probably more likely if they haven't served they might ask, ask there's, a, there's, a, there's a few there's a few people that i know that always sort of ask the same question but they always finish it in the same way you're probably not going to tell us but how many people have you killed it's like why why we i haven't killed anyone but why are you asking me that it's like that's not a nice question to ask anyone really that's random it's like why do you want to know (laughs) yeah random mate i suppose to them it probably seems quite an innocent thing to say but they're never going to get a straight answer out of no it's never going to get a straight answer from people anyway no i think nine times out of ten it'll be the same i'm not telling you or next question please or fuck off um but you'll get you'll probably get the odd one that'll go oh i've slotted this many and then you get the old Walter Mitty that will go into full detail of. <laughs> I had a Walt. I had a Walt that was a. Uh, he claimed he was a para, which is obviously is probably one of the easiest ones to uh, <laughs> to debunk, really, because you yeah. you can just pull out certain questions and they're like, "What?" Um, yeah. But this so guy, nice. this guy was telling me that. Um. He, he was served in Northern Ireland. Um, but then when he showed me photos, he was wearing um, brand new um, M- MCP, MTP, MTP and and deserts. And I was like, well, why, we, why would you be wearing that in Northern Ireland? Like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, OK, take that with a pinch of salt. Uh and I was like, I was sat there in the car and I went, this is when I was just a mere officer. And I went, what was your service number? And he was like, oh, I can't, I can't remember that. I went, every serviceman remembers their service number. You get you yeah. get battered with it for fuck it, throughout basic training and then everything that you then write on. And he's like, oh, I can't remember. I was like, oh, okay. Where'd you do your jumps? Oh, I... Didn't do my jumps, but you just said you had your wings. You know? Do you not do jumps? Yeah, yeah it was literally anything you could think of. This guy was just full of shit. Yeah, I used to get really angry about it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone. Mind you, I don't meet them. I don't meet them, but I used to get really wound up if someone yeah. told me something being a wonk or whatever. But now I, just, I think I, I think similar to you, like when I felt when I, especially when I first left out. Even down to um, people just giving banter to the rap edge, I used to get wound up and then give mm. fucking replies constantly on fucking. Um, but now I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You got me there. I got tired yeah. on the five mile of death. <laughs> I had to shoot my own body armor to get myself out of there and stuff like that. But yeah, with the waltz as well, it's like they're clearly not right in the head. Um, those used to really wind me up. Not as much yeah. as what the happens to the Americans. The Americans are with the stolen valor. They hate it, don't they? Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's grim. It is grim, but it's, well, it's just other things to get worried about. You know, it doesn't affect. To be fair, I'm, I'm down in Cornwall, mate. You don't see that. You know, you don't get a lot of. Well, I'm in a quite a small town. You know, it's not that, there's not really much space for it. 
what we're made. So, um, you know, I don't have to deal with that sort of stuff. Just keeping my little circle, my friends yeah. from jiu-jitsu, friends from the military. That's about it. That's cool. You need circle. keep it, keep the circle small. That's what I always say. Yeah, yeah, I made some really good mates for jiu-jitsu, actually. Really good. You know, I look, 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 up, look back at it recently and I thought, actually, you know what, I've got some really good, really good mates through, not just for all the martial arts, through martial arts, through jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I made some really good friends. So, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I like that. That's, that's been good. And, I've got, so, and I keep in touch with a lot of the blokes who are still serving and the you know, blokes who've left. So, um, yeah, a lot of my mates have I've had the same mates for 20 odd years, you know, quite a few. Yeah. Through Jiu-Jitsu and MMA. You know, I've had mates for 15 years. Before that, when I was a kid and training martial arts as a teenager, I was still, still in touch with a couple of mates. I used to train with then as well. So, yeah, so kind of, um, it's quite easy with that common ground, you know, got common yeah, ground yeah. for the military, military service or common ground for martial arts. So it's, I think, I think having, a, having circles like that, that, like I said, the like-minded people in your sort of small community that you have, especially when you've done a big, a huge step like you've done where you've left the military after fucking, what was it, 27 years, you said, and mm. you've still got that community around you, definitely would yeah. help you um, if you had any sort of doubts or lingering fucking annoyance, like depression, mm. depressive thoughts or anything like that. I'm not saying that you have any sort of depression or anything like that but having a uh a solid community around you yeah de- a network definitely helps you through so much Just oh, fucking, much, yeah. especially like like yourself doing stuff like jujitsu you got you got something on your fucking chest you you go down to the your your gym and you've got the lads there that you can have a chat with hmm. or even if you just want to just get <laughs> to, sounds a bit that's a bit camp. If you just want to get physical and just work work your issues out, then bosh, oh, yeah. spot on. Yeah, it's a brilliant outlet. Yeah, it's a brilliant outlet for you know aggression or anxiety. Yeah, there's quite a lot of sort of uh, memes about it and that now, but it's, you know when you, I, I love it. The same with any sparring, really, but you know, especially in jujitsu because more like a chess match. You really mm. got to think. You really got to think. You're trying to if you you know. Ideally, you're thinking a couple of moves ahead as well. And you're just presently minded, you know, really, really mindful. And then nothing else, nothing else bothers you in that five-minute round or whatever, whatever it is you're doing. Because you're just con- totally concentrated on not getting choked or on choking someone else. So that's good. You know, you don't, even if it's for a few rounds, that's that's peace, really. Peace yeah. amongst the violence. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's really beneficial. I recommend it to loads of people, you know, anyone yeah, really. Yeah. Well, I highly it's recommend it. And it's physical and, you know, it's, yeah, it's very, very mindful. But survival's like lightning fires, you know, there's loads of things, making cordage, all these kind of activities are just like, focus, you're just focusing on that. Tying knots, anything like that. Just focus on that, nothing else. A bit of escapism. It's good. I think everybody needs a bit of escapism in their life. Like I yeah. said, I, I go out and boot the football about and mm. it's like a happy place. It tran- transports me back to my youth of just fucking playing football constantly. Yeah, and always feel so much better. Um, yeah. And what I used to do previously before that was I'd go down to the gym and just smash shit out of the heavy bag if I needed to. Yeah. And 
We're definitely going down the pub and smashing 10 pounds. Oh, yeah, now. definitely. Definitely. I've got cheaper as well. Much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Especially down where I am. <laughs> You've got fucking yeah. London prices, I swear. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what a pint costs anymore, mate. I hardly ever go out. Hardly ever. But, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'll try. I'm trying to avoid alcohol and just try and stay, try and stay as healthy as I can. But, um, yeah, definitely. Because before you know it, you'll be dribbling in your wheelchair. That's right, mate, yeah. Your great grandkids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, man. Brilliant. What have you got planned for the rest of the day? Uh, well, I'm teaching, mate. I'm teaching jujitsu. I've got three three classes in a row. This starting this afternoon, a couple of hours. And um, yeah, I'll do some private classes, and I do some. I'm doing women's self defence, and um, and then I've got my club. Nice. So, um, busy, yeah, busy, busy. Yeah, I've done five uh, five classes today. It's quite a big, quite a big day. Quite a busy day, really. But um, you know, obviously, if it pays me a little bit, yeah. I've got pension. And um, it's, you know, I enjoy it. So it's, it's that's the main win. thing. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah, the main thing is my, my students out enjoy it. That's the main thing for me. You know, it's like uh, you know, I, I, I just want to make sure they're progressing and moving forward and they're still enjoying it. So that's that's the main thing. Because if you're not enjoying your, you know, your one vice, a lot for a lot of people, their vice is jujitsu, right? But your vice is potentially um, playing football. Yeah. Going out and having a game of football, and there's a lot worse things you can be doing, you know, doing all your misses or you, you know, to spend time away from your kids. You know, if, if it's uh, going away and doing jujitsu a few times a week, I think that's that's not too bad, is it? It's pretty nah, good. It's, it's good for everybody, and it's, it just gets a lot of stress out. You know, it's a lot of stress, really relieves a lot of stress, and keeps you fit, links you up with like-minded people. Yeah. You know, you can't really go wrong. We don't. We don't have any egos in my, in my club. Either. I don't, don't. We don't. Well, not that we don't tolerate it. We just have yeah, yeah. No one comes. We don't have it. It just doesn't happen. So we're everyone's trying to help each other learn and get better. And everyone is getting better, which is good. So it's just getting harder and harder. You know, every every week. So um, no, it's good, mate. No, life's pretty, life's pretty good, really. That's what we want. That's what we want. Where can people find your book? Amazon, mate. Uh, yeah, so I've got four. Like I say, I've got four books on there, but it's got quite a few Steve Browns. I didn't realise when I released the first book. <laughs> Common name. Steve Browns. Yeah, but if you type in uh, regimental, now if, if you wanted to find me quick, the quickest way would be probably to type in. I'll just show you this book. Here. I've got it now. This one is called You'd <laughs> Be Nuts <laughs> Too. <laughs> like that. There's no other books with anything like that on there, right? So that 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 might be a quicker way to find me, but. Regimental Steve Brown, just type it in Regimental Steve Brown or any of the other books. Um, yeah, just go on there, mate. Find me there. And on social media, obviously, on um, Instagram and um, Facebook. I've got my Jiu Jitsu pages and I've got my own pages. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm fairly easy to find, I think, mate. You know, I guess you're going to put links in your podcast. Yes, there'll be links all in the in the bio. I'll link your um, I'll link your book as well from Amazon. I'll go, I'll have a little Google search on that. After yeah, this. I'll find yours, mate. I'll find yours as well because I didn't know about that. You know, I don't know either. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and send a link. Oh, mate, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, mate, genuinely, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been good to meet you, mate. Nice. So it's always, I always, I've, I always say this. I always feel so much better, so, so much more uplifted after I've done a podcast. Like cool. having a having a nice conversation with people is, it, you know, is underrated in my in my estimation. Oh, yeah. 
definitely. Yeah. But yeah, Zoom's pretty good, isn't it? it's not as good as face to face. No, Zoom's I prefer face to face, but you know, I can't get, I can't afford to get travel. people, get, yeah, get people down here yeah. basically, and I can't really travel nice. anywhere else, which is a it's shame. Yeah, yeah. It will it will happen one day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Cheers. Cheers for coming on and giving me your time. It's been a right, my privilege. Right, yeah, good to All meet right. you, mate. Take it easy. And you. I'll catch you in a bit. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye.